What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the OMG It's Derek podcast. Once again, joined by my beautiful, sexy co-host, Mr. Codations. Look at that. Go- Dude, it looks like you just shaved that beard just dude, for this podcast. Two days ago, baby. It, two days oh ago. Oh, my gosh. It looks fresh, dude. Oh, yeah. We're also joined by the one and only <laughs> Metal for Breakfast, a.k.a. Jason. <laughs> What's going it. on, Jason? How are you guys doing? <laughs> Not too bad, man. Not too bad, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. How are you doing, Cody? How's life treating oh, you? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. You know, living the life as a dad with a one-year-old is the best, so... Oh, yeah. yeah is he officially one now dude he's officially one year and almost two months and two months so Jesus. yeah man yep yeah mine it's... just turned two about a a month and a half ago a month ago uh and we are definitely it was like a light switch turned on metal i don't think you have kids yet nope. so forgive us for the dad talk for a minute <laughs> but it was like a light switch flipping and I was like, oh, this is terrible twos now. Like, I see, like, okay, he has an attitude now. He's he's starting to back talk. Like, okay, this is this is fun. Maybe that's why they call it attitude. Yeah, probably. Hey. Probably. Play on words. Oh, yeah. No, we're not there. We're not there. We're not there yet. He's he's going to the stage right now where um you know, he, he can't decide, you know, he can't decide if he wants to be attached to you, you know, the entire time, you know, like, you know, just can't separate whatsoever, or he wants to be full on independent and you can't hold him anywhere, you know, including the doctor's office, wherever you go, he's just crawling all over everything and walking everywhere. So that's kind of the stage, <laughs> the, the weird stage we're at transitioning. Yeah. Enjoy it because uh, I did not think we would have terrible twos with my son. And then he just, <laughs> the devil came out and I said, okay, it happens to everybody. <laughs> Light switch flips on. Doesn't matter how good of a parent you think you are. Yep. Oh yeah. Your your kid will go through terrible twos. Probably. Oh yeah. I, there's probably lots that don't. And people are right now like, no, my kid's perfect. He's a goddamn oh, yeah, angel. Probably. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Get out of here. That's funny. All right. So, enough dad talk. Diving in with Metal for Breakfast. Uh, I've been following Metal for Breakfast for quite some time. I believe I originally ran into you, Metal. Uh, actually through Cody Warner. Um, I believe you were, you would, you were probably watching his vlogs. Like I was uh, probably enjoying them. At least I'm assuming I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but I think where I actually first started seeing you around and seeing your own content being published was in a Facebook group that Cody Warner runs called no small creator. Is that how I found you? Were you posting in there originally? Or? Most likely, most likely, yeah. I think so. <laughs> and I remember when I first found you, uh, I, I don't remember much, to be honest, in terms of uh, your content. The, the first thing I remember you doing that caught my eye was when you did the short, mm-hmm. uh, How to Sit. I think that was probably your first i don't know if that was your first viral video so i guess that would be my first question is is kind of give us a little bit of backstory and how you got started in content creation was was that around the time when you started watching cody Did, is that what kind of got you into youtube were you already doing content uh and, and kind of you know just give us a start and a point of where you started with this whole thing at so i actually started like my first foray into like making any kind of content was the classic the classic uh shoot hold on casey neistat story where he's watching the casey neistat vlogs and it's like hey yeah that, that's a good idea i, I could do that right <laughs> so so okay. I, I you know i started out i i bought this little uh i think it's over there somewhere it's just this 
little cheap camera and i was like all right let's try this and i was like doing these vlogs here and there um and yeah i don't know over time i think i kind of i think i've kind of realized that like it it's extremely hard to make any kind of engaging content around your daily life (laughs) right you really have to like you either have to have like some really good insights into how to make everyday things fun or you have to have a baller life yeah (laughs) a ton of money yeah yeah (laughs) so i was i i think i that that's kind of like i started going down this path of more like well i could create stories around a life that i don't know i don't really live but it's a story you know people love stories right Right, right, so i kind of like started to incorporate that kind of thing into into all of my content where it's like it doesn't have to just be about like oh i'm drinking my coffee i'm going <laughs> like to this store or something you know it, it, it can be any kind of idea right okay very cool uh yeah actually i do think i remember some of your early vlogs i think i, I and this might i mean for you you made it so to probably jog the memory but hopefully i'm not getting it wrong but i think you had one where you like had the camera like in a bush and you walked up to the bush and you're like oh hey guys and you grab the camera out of the bush and i was yeah. just dying laughing i'm like what the heck uh so i did see some of your earlier content i think i think that was when you were trying the vlog and stuff mm-hmm. or it might have even been after uh, but mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned casey nice because i was actually i listened to a podcast he did today with um uh you got do you know who i'm sure you do because i know you like uh comedy uh, Bert Kreisner, however you say his name, the the do you know who that is? No, he is a comedian. Uh, he he tells the story where he was over in like Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they call him? Do you know who he is, Codations? Yeah, Bert I know who you're Kre- talking about. They call him the uh, the machine. The machine. The machine you never yeah. heard that story, Metal? No, dude, it's hilarious. Okay. You got to watch <laughs> oh, it after whole, this yeah, podcast. You got to watch this, it. Everybody, pause this podcast. Say fuck it to all of us and go watch them. Tell <laughs> yeah, the story for sure. The for sure. It's it is the funniest fucking thing in the world. But anyways, nonetheless, he, Casey Neistat did a podcast with him uh, in the last couple of days. And I ended up was I was watching it today. It was like an hour and a half. And he was actually talking about in his vlogs how much like he said, like he wasn't actually like, for example, he wasn't actually into electric skateboards like the boosted board. He just mm-hmm. knew it would get him views. So And it was funny, like, I've never heard him talk so openly about how much of his content was very, like he said, even all of the words said in the vlogs were completely planned out. Like, none of it was actually ad lib at all. None of it was actually made up on the spot. It was the entire vlogs, even though they seemed very unscripted, were completely 100% scripted. And I don't know why, like, I mean, I know people do that stuff. But it shocked the fuck out of me that Casey Neistat did that because right. they just feel so raw, his vlogs. Mm. But and it was funny just to, to hear that, that even things like the booster board and stuff, he literally did it just kind of as you were saying, like, it's like, oh, you know, I could do my life and vlog that or I can kind of do this made up fake life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just never realized how much of Casey's up until today. I don't want to say was fake, but was he was doing it because he knew it would perform better than not doing it. Yeah. It's production. Yeah. He's doing more production and work instead of just like you said, raw, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And it was just, like I said, it was just shocking to me because of, of 
what you expect the vlog to be, I guess, because I, like you, Meadow, I also started in vlogs. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching Casey Neistat. That was the first person I ran into. And I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. This is mm-hmm. the best thing ever. I'm in love with this content. I need to make this content. <laughs> uh, and that's what got me started. Cause I used to do video back in the day, like tutorials and stuff on uh, in a whole different niche uh, called affiliate marketing. And uh, it, and I got away from it, quit making videos, quit doing photography, all that stuff. And it's actually what brought me back into all of that realm of, of creating content on the internet was those vlogs, which again, I think is, as you said, is the case for a lot of people. I think a lot of us got our start there. All right. So you're watching Casey vlogs. You start making vlogs yourself. Uh, you start realizing, okay, the vlogs are, you know, my life's maybe not that interesting or, you know, at least you don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you're like, I can fake it. So, but then your content starts to morph because I, I saw where you started putting just, uh, I, I, I guess I want to call them comedy videos online or mm-hmm. I, cause I even remember when you did a series with a friend during the whole, uh, subscribe to PewDiePie era, mm-hmm. uh, when he was going against, uh, what were they called? T uh t-series t-series uh so so is that what made you switch to that like kind of walk me through so you got tired of vlogs what was the next evolution for you in that then yeah i think it was kind of like so it's interesting because like with with youtube like the thing with youtube is that it's so it's difficult it's it's very very difficult (laughs) like the the fact that you have to like there's like this challenge put before you every time you make a video where okay you have a 10 minute block of time okay and your challenge is to fill that block with things that you film with this camera and that are going to keep someone watching for that whole 10 minutes right so it's Mm kind of like that whole like you know blank page for an artist or writer where it's like, where do I start? Right. And I kind of felt that a lot with, like, I started feeling that a lot with just my regular life, you know, cause it's like, it's like, no matter how much we want to, not every single day is going to be this extraordinary, like, like monumental day that someone's going to want to like sit there and watch for 10 minutes. So like that, that kind of gave me the idea of like, okay, well, I am personally, I feel like I'm not the best like entertaining blogger or vlogger, but then I realized, okay, I could just capitalize on that and be the worst vlogger. (laughs) Right. And so that, that kind of bled into like, well, why don't I just like emphasize these errors that I'm doing or this like awkwardness or like, you know, something weird, like the camera in the bush, like why would my camera be in the bush type of thing? Right. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So I I kind of like, I kind of figured out a way to like play on my um, weaknesses, I guess. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you always found it difficult? Um, Because you're, you're, you know, you mentioned that you, you found it, you know, it's like starting at that blank page and you, have you always found it hard just to get started? Like once you get once you have a video idea and you're rolling, does it, is it like then a hundred times easier for you? Is it normally that starting point that, that holds you up? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Especially with like, um, like the, the amount of like production that goes into like making like one of those, 
comedy vlogs is like it's just like Casey and I style where like pretty much everything is written out and planned and and coordinated so it's it's more of like a it's more yeah it's more of like creating like a like a short film type of thing versus like turning on the camera and vlogging you know Mm -hmm. so having that having like kind of over time knowing how much work is gonna is ahead of you to make this one video does make it like harder to like start the next one (laughs) okay and and it's not so much of a lack of idea as it is of just you know how much i don't know if i want to call it perfectionism i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm just Mm -hmm. but is it like a you just know how much work it's going to take you to do because of of what you want it to be that that's holding you up or is it even coming up with the idea it's it's definitely both because like because you even to get that idea that you can play off of for like an everyday situation is like a thinking game in and of itself right because you have to have something that is it can be mundane but then you have to have the spin on it where you can make it entertaining so like yeah like um i, I can't even think of anything right now but like <laughs> god damn it that's your problem see yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no i i get what you're saying 100 percent. i'm just you know mm-hmm. just trying to clarify exactly what point of it that 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 you struggle with or whatever because i think it could so so then my next question would be because obviously i'm always thinking like oh how can we help other people that are going through this stuff that's me and codations are always big on trying to share and be open and honest about that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so what have you found to have like i know you you know your youtube channel i think you got what like thirty five thousand ish subs (laughs) i i have probably okay i have i have probably like 2000 subscribers from my vlogs and then like 37,000 from me rolling in a chair. <laughs> okay, you're right, right. From that chair video. Yeah. So they're not actually watching necessarily a lot of your other content. Yeah, that's the thing is like I'm kind of at a point now where it's like okay, well it's like if I'm being if I'm being truthful it's like okay, the vlogs are a lot of work, like 10 minutes is a lot of time for for my brain to fill in. Like mm-hmm. TikTok was a lot easier because like the way my my head works is very short span like I've always just like jumped to the punchline mm-hmm. like and just focused on the punchline in my head and YouTube doesn't allow that like you have to like build up to a punchline and then you, you know but TikTok kind of like allowed me to just like cut out that forced 10 minute like video And Mm -hmm. I can just do like 10 seconds, 20 seconds of a video. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly where I was heading with, with this kind of setup was I was going to see, you're already jumping straight to the punchline. God damn it. Metal. (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm segueing over to, did you find it? Did you find See, it? Is that why you found it easier to transition to TikTok? You're like, oh yeah, with the TikTok. Yeah, right, whatever. just jump right whatever. there. <laughs> I see why. I see. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but for real, I was gonna ask. So, it, did is that why you kind of started going to more short term content and short form content? Uh, was because of those issues, like you said, of of just that insurmountable amount of work to make this ten minute piece. You found it much easier to to spend that time and not only probably spend that time but feel like you were getting a return on your time invested in terms of your views outputted uh mm-hmm. you know in the form of tiktok yeah yeah man uh, it's like if i'm being honest youtube just completely wrecked me 
like, you know, I was in the same, I was in the same position, like uh, back, you know, when the Cody Warner days and like, there was all the talk of burnout and all these burnout videos coming, but like having kept up with that, like cycle that YouTube wants you to keep up with for so long, like I literally got to a point where I crashed all of my ideas just dropped all of my motivation dropped it was just zero like I I I had I had no ideas coming in no motivation to do it because like the return that you're going to get from YouTube is basically nothing right (laughs) like one out of every hundred videos might make you like I don't know you'll get that you'll get that video that really like clicks right but that's not even the end of it because then you have to do it again and again and again until you reach that like compounding like growth spurt and then that's where the promised land is where okay now you're living you're living on off of youtube and like you're you're a youtuber right mm-hmm. but it <clears throat> yeah i think just the the sheer amount of like effort that needed to be put in i think like really just burnt me out and then when tiktok came around it was like hey this is this is just all based on fun and hey people people don't even like respond well to like overproduced videos they want things that are just like raw and funny and fun and it doesn't have to make sense whatsoever speaking <laughs> of don't make sense i'll let codations chime in on this one because he said how does the fuck does this chair video have oh, this dude. many millions of views? <laughs> there it is. That's the chair. So see, that's so the see, chair. For it the is the video. chair. It is the chair. Hey, hey, did you take a picture of that and turn it into an NFT yet? <laughs> Holy shit! I should. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need to cut that out so nobody else does that before him. <laughs> no. So, so for me, so I, I mean, yeah, I mean, a little bit about myself, really quick. So, like, I don't know if you know anything about, or if you looked up anything prior to this this podcast, but so I'm a mobile gaming content creator. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in a completely different, you know, realm between you guys. I don't, I'm not a vlog or anything like that. And and I've kind of, and, and my personality for getting into YouTube originally, um, I didn't even know Casey Neistat prior to getting into YouTube. Like, you know, like you know, see him on anything. I didn't know Peter McKinnon, nothing like that prior. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got into doing it because I had friends that have been doing mobile gaming content creation for four plus years. And in four years, they went from, you know, no subscribers Mm -hmm. to like 150,000 subs and, and, and just doing guides and tutorials and let's plays and things like that with games. Um, And I, and I'm a huge gamer. So I've been, you know, gaming my entire life. So I thought, dude, I'm playing these exact same games. These other guys are, (laughs) it's like, why, like I should easily, and I'm super social. Like, you know, I'm easy to talk to people. I'm like, why am I not just turning a camera on? So mm-hmm. COVID gave me that ability to do that. I work a, you know, 40 hour, you know, job, you know, outside, you know, my home and, and COVID hit, boom, started making, you know, YouTube videos on the side on the games I was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives you a little bit of a realm on, on my back end. but so. And, in a, and, and just to give credit too, cause uh, in a yeah. year you've gone from zero to what do you got? Like 8,000 subs now on YouTube. Um, it's 8,500. So I'm about 8, to get close to, to 9,000. So, and, uh, yeah, um, so he's growing pretty quick. He's, he's learning really quick and, and doing really, really well with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, and, and I guess what I was trying to wrap this back around to um, Jason was for me, I've looked at YouTube differently. I, I, I looked at YouTube as like 
hardcore how can I grow the fastest? You mean, you know what I mean? You know, and then, and then I'm looking at all these bigger channels, you know what I mean? In my mm-hmm. niche for, per se, by the way, I just watched your video talking about like not having to be in a specific niche. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it, dude. It speaks volumes, but, mm-hmm. um, but so anyways, but like I was saying, so my whole goal for YouTube has been like, I, my only time, all my free time is taken up of me looking at other people's content in my niche Mm -hmm. and how can I achieve that? I look at a video and I'm like, this person's, you know, this person's channel's got 5,000 subs, but they just, you know, popped off a gaming video. That's 30,000, you know, boom, Mm -hmm. you know, what do they do? You know, I'm constantly analyzing all of that, doing all those analytical stuff and research. And so Derek showed me your chair video, right? One day. (laughs) And, and, and this is like a couple weeks ago and he showed me this chair video and I was like, and, and when I saw it, the first thing that I couldn't understand was I didn't understand what the hell the video was about. Like, I literally watched the video and I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, okay, so this guy lo- that looks up a wiki on like how to sit in a chair. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I was like, I don't understand this shit. So then like, I like, I literally, I literally called um, Derek, I call him D, but I literally called him and I'm like, dude, like the fuck is this chair video? And why does it have 30 something or however many you know, views it had at that time? I'm like 30,000 views. I'm like, how the hell does this chair video have this amount of views? Like, I don't even understand the video. Like, you know, so again, that's just analytical. You know, I'm not talking down your content, you know, don't think, don't take any offense to it. I just, I just 100% was like, like I said, I'm, I'm, you can ask, you can ask Derek, man, how many times dude, do I freaking talk to you? Like, I mean, a week in a month. I mean, I'm constantly freaking out, dude. I, I, I'm the guy, I'm the guy 100% in that video that you just talked about. Like I said, I watched about niching down and all this shit. Like that's all I've done my entire time on YouTube for my first year. I was like hardcore worried every single second. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like checking out my, you know, the studio app. I'm like my freaking, uh, you know, my, um, what is it called? Uh, CPM. I mean, it just went down by like 20 cents. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all my, my subs are growing up, but my revenue's going down. It's like, oh man, dude, I've, Oh, yeah, <laughs> and just, Dude, I ride and that just roller coaster for, every day, man. And just for everyone listening, can you either one of you? I mean, uh, you you might have it more fresh in your head, codations. Um, yep. But Jason did make it, so he, you know if he still remembers it really well. Can you just kind of give a, <laughs> a a quick kind of cap of, of what video you're talking about, just for the audience? You talking about me or him? Either one of you, whoever whoever oh. wants to take it. Yeah, it was just it was just the I can let Jason let Jason finish it up, but it was just the one that I, I'm referring to the one that you were specifically like, you know, cameras, you know, all like this, you know, like all the way up in your face, you know, and you're like this, you know, talking to the camera in a garage or something. But um, but no, I mean, it was just you were you you had really, really good message in there talking, you know, to content creators in general on YouTube. And you're basically saying that you were quitting. You know what I mean, you know, that you were done, not mm-hmm. done with creating content. You know, that wasn't the message, but it was, you know, mm-hmm. you were done following this you know, routine or fake, you know, pattern of, of what you need to be on YouTube. And instead mm-hmm. you were looking to create your own content on what you wanted. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that same thing that, that you're, that you're experiencing was like, you know, it, it felt like, it, it felt like when you first enter like the funnel, right. You have all the room in the world because you don't know any of the rules that you're told to follow to in the end make money right it all be it's all becomes about it's it like the funnel that you go down it makes it about money fame like following right and all those things as they come together and you walk down this funnel of youtube just sucks the life out of like anything that you make right because it's no longer about what you want to make it's like well that's outside of the funnel let's go back right and it's kind of like I don't know. It's like, 
it's just very um yeah like the, the effects of it like i still feel to this day of like the burnout you know it's like i i haven't even made a tiktok video in a while because that feeling still of like this isn't good enough like that's not worth posting that kind of thing isn't like ingrained in me from like following that youtube path even for such a such a short time because you have to go at it so hard to even have a chance at making it that it becomes like a habit right just having to go through that process for every single video of of um basically draining yourself of your creativity was just I just couldn't do it anymore. There was just nothing left. So I decided, well, I mean, what's the worst case scenario if I just decide to make whatever I want to make and not care about like the impact, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, and and like I said, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, that's, and that's what I was, I mean, that's kind of like why, what I mean, what I meant by when you said it speaks volumes, you know, for me personally, um, it's not so much, you know, the niche as in, you know, mobile gaming, right. Or gaming in general, right. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't trying to make content outside of, of that because that's not what I wanted to do or what I want to do. Um, for me, my struggle is, 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 you know, what are my goals? I mean, you know, you know, like, you know, am I, am I strictly only making content on my channel to just make money? You know what I mean? You know, you know, is that my goal? Because if that is the case, then, you know, my content would be strategically different. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It would be planned out specifically designed for like, you're saying what's better, what's going to hit the best, all that other stuff. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, am I wanting to build a community? Do you know I mean, you know, do I want to build up a, you know, a, a closer niche audience? I mean, you know, that's going to support anything I put out there. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes with, you know, do I only play mobile games? You know, I've been on the platform, you know, YouTube for a year, Sure, I've grown exponentially. I'm I'm more than happy with my growth, but there's so many times, dude, where a, a PC game will come out. You know, Valheim mm-hmm. was one with Derek. You know, that came out. I was, I mean, I was, we, we was, I was literally, all, we were on the game like what day two of it launching. I mean, you know, or day one, we were enjoying the game. I wanted nothing more but to create content. I was right mm-hmm. there, you know, and I had a couple friends that started making content, blew up. You know what I mean? Thirty, forty thousand, you know, on on a game and and. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be that person, but I was absolutely scared. You know, that same feeling, that feeling that I just felt like it doesn't fit my niche. It doesn't fit my channel. You mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm mobile mm-hmm. gaming. What's going to happen if I introduce Valheim to my channel? You know what I mean? All these mobile gaming subscribers are just going to unsubscribe tomorrow. And my channel right. is going to completely fall to the ground, which mm-hmm. isn't, isn't even true whatsoever. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I mean, it's dealing with that same feeling 100%. Yeah. Cause, cause like, it, it's like when you when you follow that path of like the you know the niching down like like I think that niching down is is good to a point right but I think like the the whole narrative of like keep niching down keep niching down is what like kills it eventually and like I feel like that mindset basically turns a YouTube channel into like this trophy right where now if like, oh, I have something really cool that I want to post, but it's no trophy. So it can't go in there. Right. Yep. And yep. your trophy gets bigger and more polished. And it's like, well, I have something really cool here, but it's like, but it, it's nothing compared to like this trophy. So I'm just going to, you know, so it kind yep. of like, it just continuously limits like what you can do to the point where, I mean, 
you're strategically making content that only fits that realm. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, then, the, yeah, I've already had nights like that, man, where I'm, where I'm playing a mobile game and I, I, I feel like, you know what I mean? There's nothing for me to do, mm-hmm. but I also have that trophy sitting behind me where it's like, but I have to post something like it, something's got to go on the channel. You know what I mean? So then, mm-hmm. you know, Derek, what's my choices? You know what I mean? I've asked <laughs> you this a bazillion times. I'm always reaching out to you. I'm like, dude, like, what if I don't post on the channel tonight, man? Like, like I've got to post something like right now, you know, it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. been 24 hours or whatever, you know? And he's like, do you have something to post? I'm like, no. And he's like, then don't post. It's not a big deal. Like you're fine. I'm like, but it's not, it's, I've got to keep on doing it. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's, we've talked about this stuff before on the podcast, you know, we, mm-hmm. me and Derek have had full conversations of, you know, the dark side of content creation was what it was one of our last, well, last episodes. And yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. What were you going to say earlier, D? Uh, I was just going to say, I, I actually don't struggle with this uh, like you two. And I, I think you know that from talking to me yep. creations. So I have a, I have a hard time relating with it um, only because, and, and I'm, admittedly, it's probably slowed my growth. I mean, I, I am not a, I think I've been doing YouTube for however long you've been doing it. Metal is how long I've been probably been doing it. <laughs> uh, so however long that's been, uh, I think I have, have like, I don't, uh, 3,500 subs somewhere around there. Um I don't have a lot of TikTok followers. I don't have a lot of uh, podcast listeners. I don't have a lot. But a part of the reason is I just do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to have metal for breakfast on my podcast. That's who I'm going <laughs> to send a message to and be like, yo, dude, you want to come on my podcast? Oh, I want to play this game. Like, I'm going to play that game. Mm-hmm. My chat's like on my stream on Twitch and stuff. They're like, ah, eh, we like this game. I'm like, fuck you guys. I don't give a fuck. Like, I like yeah, but, this game. Yeah, but, you're, but he's not joking, though. That's literally what he does. <laughs> <laughs> he tells him he will have he'll have five people like literally five or four people watching him live play a game and then all of a sudden they're like d did you check out this other game blah 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 like dude we should totally check it out and he's like no nah, i'm not checking it out and then they keep on hop harping on it finally he's like hey just get the fuck out of my stream like i'm playing this game right now like he does not care like but that's but that's what i've always admired by you dude, that, man. yeah like, that's that, what i that's, told you dude that's like a great that that's that's the that's the place to live in like like it's great that you're naturally just exists in that space, right? Because that's like the opposite end of the spectrum, right? I was gonna say the problem is I think I think the truth is it's probably somewhere in the middle because my mental might be good that way, but my bank account is not as good that way because I am not raking in the big bucks doing it that way. Right. I mean, I think I mean again, you know, I mean, I I don't know, man. When it comes to like I said, man, I spent so I spent all so much freaking time, dude, looking at this shit, you know, looking at research and analytics and stuff. And like, you're right. I mean, you know, you're hundred percent right, D. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, if you're you're looking to grow revenue, there probably is room. I mean, you know, you know, to you know, build a little bit, you know, on that aspect of you know, not what the, so much the viewer wants. Do you know I mean? But you do, you know, you might have to cater a little bit, you know, in the sense of that regard. But that's not what you want. You know what I mean? We've had numerous conversations, you know, where you're just like, that's not what I want. I mean, you know, you know, it's like, I just want to create content. You know, I want to grow an awesome community. You know what I mean? The night that, you know, you just want to do what you want to do. And I 100% respect that. I mean, that's day one, dude, I stumbled across your, your, what was it? A tutorial video, I think on something OBS tutorial or a product tutorial or something. I stumbled across it, left a comment on his video. And we've been like best friends ever since. You know what I mean? Like I've tuned into his live streams and I'm like, dude, this guy, like he says, he's, he's, he's a tutorial channel. He, he makes like OBS and streaming tutorials. And I'm like, but he's playing Grand Theft Auto 5. Like, 
this has nothing to do with tutorials. <laughs> like what the hell? And then all of a sudden, then it turns into what? Then like the next video you're talking about, like, oh yeah, dude, here's some gameplay highlights from this one game that I played this one time with me and my wife or my, me and my kid. And then you watch it and you're laughing. And you're like, oh, this is cool. He's a gaming channel. And then like the next video that comes out the next day is like, oh dude, I just got like this sponsored, you know, like product from this company. They wanted me to test out this mic. So I'm going to test out the mic today. And I'm like, the fuck is this guy doing like he just does whatever he wants to do but that's what's be- that's the beauty of it man i oh dude i i wish i can just have some of that you know what i mean like i wish i could just like take some of it you know i don't want it all i don't want to have you know just a just a just like open channel like you know maybe that's the best way to go mentally but like i don't want all that but i do want some of those balls man i just want to be able to just you know just get on my live stream and be like nah man we're playing this game to, to game today and they're like but you've been covering this one game for months. And it's like, yeah, I know. And I'm playing this Marvel game because that's what I want to do, man. Like, you know, like I wish I yeah. could do that. And I, it's not that I can, it's just, you know, that mindset. Yeah, I, like man. I said, I, I think it's, I think it's somewhere in the middle, honestly. I mean, if you, if you want to make a career out of your content creation, it's probably somewhere in the middle. You have to do things that you know are going to grow your audience that are going to, you know, bring people value, whether that's through entertainment or tutorials or, or however you do that best. Uh, but I do think you do sometimes as, as metal was saying, and as you're saying, you know, sometimes you do just got to say, fuck it. This one's for me. I've, I've made this comment several times and I don't know metal. If you probably know her as well. And I don't mean know her personally, but I just mean from YouTube, uh, Sarah Dietschy rhymes with peachy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always has the expression she says, which is one, like the way she handled this whole dilemma that we're talking about. Uh, and I've said it several times. It's one of my favorite was just, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. And that's how she's done her content creation and her setup on her channel is that she makes a video that she knows is going to please the crowd that all of her followers want her to make. And then the next one she makes is for herself, whatever the mm-hmm. fuck she wants it to be. And she just goes back and forth between those two. That's probably honestly, again, in my opinion, if you're wanting to make it a career, but not get into that burnout stage, not go overboard with all that that probably is the key is kind of that one for them, one for me mentality. I don't know. At least that's, that's my opinion. I just hate people, I guess. So I can't give anything <laughs> away. I'm like, no, it always has to be about me. Or what I want to do. You're like, damn it. I'm sitting in this chair for four hours. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, so, so, so I guess I asked you guys, then you both seem to deal with this again. I, I don't really. So what have, what have you found metal and then codations? You can even answer this. What have you found? I mean, because you're still posting content to this day. Yep. So what have you found to deal with that feeling? Cause I'm sure there's lots of other creators out there that, I mean, was it just as you were kind of in at? did you just finally say fuck it and start making a hundred percent, whatever you want to make metal and that's it. And didn't give a shit about anything else, the numbers or any of that. And if so, how has that gone for you? That change? I think it's, um, so in terms of like my kind of, kind of, um, path, you know, I kind of had the burnout phase. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm kind of more into like TikTok and like Twitch type, type stuff. I wouldn't say that I've gone full on like fuck everyone. I'm just gonna make literally anything that I want to make, right? It just I think FYI, it was just... any of my followers <laughs> listening. I was just kidding. I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it was more like I'm just gonna release this like grip on myself, right? 
and just yep. let myself exist where I exist in the space naturally. And also along with that, like give myself the like give myself the mental space that it's okay to like take a break or like not make anything if I need to, right? Kind of like listen to like, okay, what what do I need at the moment? And not judge myself for having not made another video, not judge myself for like switching niches, right? Like letting go of that stuff so that I can, so that when I'm ready, because I feel like I'm still kind of in that middle zone where I'm still just refreshing, regathering myself from that YouTube phase and being able to like come back at it in a headspace where there's no longer this pressure on me. And I can consciously just think about what do I want to do? What is fun? And then like slowly go into it that way versus kind of like running full force into like, I need a million subscribers. I need uh, like this person to see my video. I need, you know, all, all these things that like, like are an exciting idea. And like, it's like, that's where all the work is. But then like coming at it from like a sustainability point where it's like, oh, I feel I could do this for a while. Like, this is fun. It, it's easy for me to do too, right? Mm -hmm. right, right. Like my, the thing, the thing like, cause now that I do like some Twitch streaming, like the thing that appealed to me about, about that, cause I had some time to think about it was, okay, what's my problem with like getting content out? And it was like, well, I have to like think of the story and make, and like write it out and then go film it and go into public spaces, like, like deal with like some extreme like social anxieties around doing some crazy stuff like running in the trees in public like all these things that are like they're hilarious and I love that I get them on film but that's it's like really hard to do that just alone in a public space <laughs> but true I was like well twitch streaming like I it's really interesting because like um I'm sure you know Dr. Disrespect and yeah, all, yeah. all that he does. Mm -hmm. yep. I saw that and I was like, this is the Casey Neistat of Twitch. And I don't see really anybody else doing this virtual character storyline on Twitch, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's he, what really sparked my head. Yeah, and for and just for people listening that might not know who Dr. Disrespect is, he's a Twitch streamer, so he plays video games on twitch.tv. Uh, for an audience what's different about him and where i think and, and correct me if i'm saying this wrong metal uh, but what i think metal's saying by he's you know he's playing this character is he uses a lot there is a lot of production put into it's you know, most twitch streamers are a webcam on them and they're playing a game and maybe they have some kind of overlays on their stream dr disrespect every stream has its own thumbnail Every he has different green room screens set up where he's in like a locker room talking to people. Then he's in, I mean, just the amount of production value in his stream compared to any other stream on twitch.tv uh, is, 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 I would say a hundred times. And I think that's what you're referring to when you mm -hmm. say he's the Casey Neistat of twitch.tv. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, I saw what he was doing and, and I realized like there's this big gap here, right? And I realized like that production value, like what he's doing to me sparked like curiosity and fun. I wasn't fearful of it. Like that 10 minute YouTube block, right? 
Right. So then I was like, well, what would it take to like recreate something like this? And it like basically long story short is like, I, I started bringing up this like character. I don't know, like, like something that I've always vibed with, with like this, this outcast, like experimenter tinkerer like i don't know if you've ever watched like dexter's laboratory oh yeah it was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid yeah mine too and i feel (laughs) like it really stemmed from that about like wow it'd be really cool if there was like just this living live on another planet just build stuff all day like have all this cool stuff and i was like heck i'll i'll make that you know and i i feel like I, i like i still have a lot of plans for it because i realized um like in terms of the content and like getting content out is now like when I'm streaming, like with a Twitch stream, all I have to do is base. It's basically like practicing, like acting, right? You're creating a character and you're living into that character. Dr. Disrespect has been creating his character for 10, what, 10, over 10 years. I think like his first video is like a pretty accurate Dr. Disrespect that we see to this day like just making these short films and stuff right so yeah he he's got that persona like locked down um and then that that feeds into like well if i'm acting as this character while i'm streaming all of a sudden i have four however many hours of content that i've made that i can then turn into like clips right yep Mm -hmm. and i started thinking about it like like this is all like my my plan that I'm I'm like piecing together of like I could actually build a team to help me with this where I could basically automate the whole thing where it's like okay I do my stream all I focus on is this character and make it like as entertaining as possible and then that feeds out into a video editor who then cuts it up that feeds out into like someone who's going to handle social posts and this is all what Dr. Disrespect does he has like a business all surrounding just him streaming where he takes that income pays team members to help him like get it out and all he has to focus on is stream so i i'm I'm kind of trying to recreate that because it kind of takes away that pressure that youtube introduced of like what are you going to make today for this 10 minutes instead it focuses in on how much fun can you have right Right. (laughs) it's it's easy right you're not focusing on all of the stressful analytical side of it you're focusing on strictly the content you're Mm -hmm. focused on i want to make this this is my idea and plan and i want to put it into action and you just play that out while everybody Mm -hmm. else delegates and does the rest of the stuff and that's cool yeah and i i also along with that i also realized like like the actual like the actual power of a community is is where you want to put your focus because like I have 40,000, almost 40,000 people, but most of them found me from watching a, a chair video. Right. But they'll, they'll never like, they're not going to sit there and watch every single one of my videos. Like most of them, like you've seen, I posted Twitch videos that maybe get a hundred, 200 views. Those subscribers are basically like, like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's not as powerful as like as like sitting down with a group and building bonds over time where okay you sit down with a group of five people and you've built this bond and then they come back and now it's six people 
and then they come back and now, oh, they brought two friends. Now it's eight people. And these people are coming back to, because they genuinely like to hang out with you. They genuinely like, like what you make. Right. Right. And I think that kind of power when put into effect onto YouTube, like when you take your Twitch audience and then it's like, Hey, I posted a video here. And then every time they're coming back to watch your new videos is I think the catalyst that makes YouTube videos, YouTube channels blow up because you're building that, that real actual real world connection via live. And that's a, a much bigger incentive for people to go and watch your videos where you're not live because then they can talk to you about it the next time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Back to your question though, D. So you were stating like, just so I know where to go with this, you were wanting to know like what I did differently or how I'm, what I'm doing now to help myself deal with dealing with it. Yeah, I was just, yeah. Which first off uh, great answers metal. So, so just to clarify on metal side. So it sounds like what you've done is, is your stuff, you, you're more kind of honing in on the content you want to create. Uh, you're, you're honing in on the format that works best for your content. Uh, and you're, and you started focusing more on uh, building the actual community more mm-hmm. than just focusing on getting high numbers because uh, the lesson in here for everybody, I think, and this is something, uh, again, Codations, you can attest to this. I, I appreciate it to you. I don't know how many times is, is, the numbers don't matter as much as the community that you build that's going to support you under that. Uh, I think I even had you read an article once, Codations, or at least I sent it to you. Yep. Lord knows if you actually read it or not. Uh, and, and I don't know if you've ever seen this article, Metal, but there's an article called, uh, I forget who it's written by, but it's called uh, A Thousand True Fans or something like that. And it shows how the power of just having like that core base audience that, that you don't need you know, everybody starts YouTube or starts Twitch or starts this. And they think like, Oh, I need a million followers to make it big. Like, and, and you don't realize like really it's that core audience you need. That's going to support all your stuff, no matter what, that's going to buy your merch when you launch it. That's going to, you know, so, you know, you know, share the video with all their friends, like those die hard uh, uh, fans. I don't even like the word fans. I mean, nowadays just the side of the, I mean, like, in my, cause in my opinion, like, like, you know, I have probably, I would say I have right now probably 20 to 30 of those people that I would say like are diehard fans of mine, but they're friends, like honest to right. God, they're just, they're fucking right. friends uh, right. that are on the internet. So it's weird. Uh, but you know that like it, but I, I agree with that a hundred percent as codations could probably attest. So I think it's a smart move personally. That's what I focus on is that, and that gives you the freedom a lot of times to kind of like how I do just post whatever the fuck I want, but yes, go into you codations. Um, yeah, mine's not, what have you found to help with that issue of always only trying to make what you know is best for uh, not even, I don't want to say the money because I don't think it's always about the money, but, but creating what you think is best for the audience. Yeah. For the algorithm basically. Yeah. Or the algorithm, however you want to say it, or versus creating for yourself. Where do you, how have you well, dealt with that? Well, I can tell you right now, 100%. I'm nowhere near at the, I think Jason's a little bit further than me or Metal's a little bit further than me um, in the process. I mean, me currently right now, I'm still struggling with it. Um, what I have done, you know, to, you know, to help me out for the most part is a couple of things. Um, one, I re- started off by removing the YouTube studio app from my phone. 
um, because I just couldn't stop, you know, looking at it. I mean, it was just, you know, all the time constantly looking at it and I wasn't using it for like a tool, you know, I was using it. It was like really draining me, you know, like I'm looking at it, I'm stressing over it. I'm like, this video is not doing as good as, as, as I want it to. YouTube's really good, man. They show you, they show you everything. They show you all the green, green, you know, arrows going up. If it's great, if it's not great, it's going to be, you know, you know, uh, gray. And if it's going really bad, it's going to be red, you know? So I, yeah, I mean, basically that was like my first attempt, you know, was to remove the app from my phone. Cause I just, I just couldn't utilize it for what it was, you know, as a tool. Um, so I did that. And then the other thing that I started doing is, is I actually started incorporating more live streams into my channel. And by doing that, um, I started to fi fi figure out that number, you mean, you know, that number that you guys are talking about that community, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what, so on average, when I'm doing live streams, I'm getting, you know, <laughs> roughly 80 people in there, 80 to hundred people in there. Um, you know, now if I'm playing a specific game or an update, you know, that number will obviously increase for people who care about that game. But for the most part, that's my number, you know, and those same people are feeding my discord, you know, they're constantly active, you know, that commute, that sense of the community started building for me. Um, and it didn't matter what I put out, you know, you know, my answer, I would put out polls, you know, asking, you know, like, what game do you guys want to see, you know, do you, you know, what content you like better. And I just started getting these answers from these like 80 people that's like anything you make like anything you put out, like, you know, mm. we, we don't care. We're here to, we're here to watch your three hour stream. You know what I mean? We don't care what you're playing, <laughs> just put something on and talk to us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, so I started to see that sense of community. And I think that's what really helped me like try to not focus so much on the revenue and job aspect and instead try to build that community more. And not only that, try to enjoy my content a little bit more. And that's kind of what I've tried to do. And, and you can see that. I mean, if you can see there's, there's a, there's a change in my channel um, where I started introducing random games, you know what I mean? Where like a new game come out, I wanted to play the new game, you know? So if, so most of the time they're like live streams, I would go live that night on my normal time, but instead of like playing the same game we've been playing for however long that I do guides and content on, I'm just playing this game just to be playing it. You know, I would start off, you know, downloading the game for the first time, play it. And, and I just started to enjoy doing that. Even if I didn't cover content on the game, you know, I just liked doing that. Mm. Um, so I started doing that more kind of taking on that, you know, whole concept. I forget her name that you were talking about, but you know, the one for them, one for me type of attitude, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and doing that, it's helped me a lot with the creative freedom aspect. Um, the, the other thing I guess that I, that I kind of have also realized um, is I kind of did the whole, you know, like goal jotting down thing, you know, where I kind of like wrote out all my goals and I'm like, you know, what exactly do I want out of YouTube right now? You know, I'm married, I've got a one child, you know what I mean? And, and I'm like, you know, my life is completely busy outside of YouTube, you know what I mean? You know, with, you know, working a full-time job and my family, it's like, okay, so the limited time that I have that I'm putting in, you know, and by the way, it's not, you know, 15 minute, I, anybody listening to this that doesn't do content creation, I'm sure Jason and I know Derek <laughs> can attest your 15 minute video, whoever's listening to this, it's not 15 minutes worth of work. Like this is like, you're putting in hours of work, you know what I mean? To make a 15 or a 10 minute video. So, mm -hmm. you know, all that extra time, I kind of got to a point where it's like, okay, you know, what do I want? Do you know what I mean? What's working on the channel? Do you know what I mean? And then what am I not wanting to do on the channel that is working? And what am I willing to do on the channel that's working? And then I kind of just tried meshing it together. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm still in that bowl with, all of these things around me and I'm trying to figure out, okay, like I kind of want to enjoy them all. You know what I mean? But it's like, but I don't have enough time to enjoy them all, you know? So what I've really done recently here is I've kind of just, just honed in on the one game, you know, that's growing the channel right now. 
that I still enjoy. You know what I mean? So I've kind of like dropped the other ones, you know what I mean? And that, that I wasn't really enjoying. I was just making content, me making content, kind of just kept on making the same content for a game that I'm fine with playing. I'm not upset about it. I, I enjoy playing the game. I don't hate my life playing the game. So I continue making content. And then I've tried to use my live streams, you know what I mean? To be that, that out avenue. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, again, I, I don't, I guess I wish I could, say that I'm at that point where it's like, oh yeah, I just do what I want to do and I make money and you know, I'm not, I mean, you know, I am really focused on making money because my goal that I originally said is like a five-year goal. You know, I want to be on YouTube for five years. And my goal is if I could make enough revenue off of my channel, that's what I want to do full time. I mean, obviously it would go, you know, from my one video a day or whatever, you know what I mean, that I would make to maybe less videos, but I would have a lot more time for production, you know, a lot more time for thought processes and putting stuff together. And I don't know, maybe second or third channel, you know what I mean, on a completely different niche or a completely different thing that I want to do versus just mobile gaming. But I don't know. Hopefully that answers your question, D, because I don't really, I don't really, I don't think I've, I don't think I've made it through. Yeah, no, I think those are all good suggestions uh, to help someone dealing with that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone ever makes it through. I don't know. I think, I think too many times we think there's this end goal of I will arrive at this spot and I will have it all figured out. And I don't think that ever exists. And I think it's literally what you guys are describing, which is just you make adjustments as you go. If, right. if one thing's bothering you and, and, and the biggest thing I'm hearing from both of you guys is, and not to like but like just saying like like the vice that then i would give someone if they were listening to this is like what i'm really hearing them say is don't be afraid to make a change when you need to like don't allow the algorithm or the feeling of having to hit those numbers or to to stop you from making a change that you need to make for sanity's sake <laughs> yeah it, 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 i'd say it all boils down to just it don't care about your content more than yourself right yes that's, that's a just great an endless spiral it. yep that's a that's an excellent excellent way of putting it. So with that said, then so you are currently streaming on Twitch. That is your main content you're making with your computer. How is that his name? Um, just computer. Oh, just computer. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of uh, what was that show where the computer space, name was Space Odyssey? Yeah, 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 Space yeah, Odyssey. Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> Uh, yeah so his name's computer on your live stream yeah uh so that's what you're doing on twitch are you making content anywhere else right now or is that like nah, your focus I, i'm just focused on twitch right now because yeah like i'm i'm still like processing and working through all the all the um like youtube stuff and then other life stuff so i'm okay. kind of just i'm kind of just doing like a you are still occasionally posting on TikTok now, because I, I thought I saw you post this I, the other I've, day. I've, I haven't posted in, God, probably, yeah, I, I think I posted a TikTok the other day of just, <laughs> perfect example, like, it, it was just, it, it was just a, uh, I saw a raccoon in the tree, and I thought it'd be funny to, like, zoom in on him, because he was, like, very sneaky and hidden, and, like, I, you know, I, I, I feel like before I would care a lot more about like sending that out, but I was like, yeah. fuck it. You know, like I, I, in the end, I don't really care. Right. Cause it's like, it, it all comes down to like community. Like I know that like my community would like that. Right. 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 And it's like, maybe it reaches a lot of TikTokers who are like, this is dumb. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, not <laughs> having to, having to live like really caring about like if people are going to judge you or hate your video or not is like i think something that um 
like you really have to have the mindset of just letting yourself be right because yeah I, it's like I this whole it, the whole thing Sorry. is like very new still too right like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is being able to like put yourself in a position where now you're being viewed by hundreds thousands hundreds of thousands millions of people is something that no human ever would experience at any point in that in their lives maybe like once or twice with like a thousand people right Mm -hmm. depending what you're doing and stuff but like there's a lot of mental hurdles that i think um are probably really rampant right but people they're they're not really brought to the forefront as often because it's like well this is what i got to do to make it this is what i got to do right and everyone kind of has the grinding mindset but what they don't realize is they're grinding bad habits and thought patterns into their head that are going to okay sure they're going to be maybe they'll maybe they'll reach success with that extra effort but they're taking it out on themselves where now they're going to be sitting in this success but completely like drained nothing's exciting anymore they don't know what to make like you know yep yep 100 percent uh, so do you, but you do have plans. It sounds like to kickstart back up posting content on other platforms again, mm-hmm. uh, pulling it from your main source of content, your Twitch streams. Yeah. That's the plan is to, is to just narrow down my focus as much as possible and then slowly build out like a, a, a team system and like take as much as I can off of my plate so that I can at least take those stepping stones, right? Mm-hmm. It's better to take a, take a small stepping stone and be able to do that versus like, okay, now I have this four hour video. I don't feel like editing it today. Oh, I got to make a thumbnail after this now too. Like, oh, I got to post it here and here and here and here and here, right? But instead just be like, okay, well, let's start with like, let's find someone who can help me edit these videos. And then it's like, okay, I stream and then here's the automation. Like when you see me stream, grab this video, edit it for me, that type of thing where, okay. Then once he's done editing, like the whole system is like, okay, he's going to send me like, yeah, like a preview or something. I, I haven't really figured it out yet, but the, the whole framework is there that I think could really help me like at least move instead of being stuck in this kind of like um, stagnant state of, of burnout. Right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I actually use an editor and I, it's one of the best decisions I made. I have an editor that edits. He takes all of my live streams, four hour live streams, three times a week, mm-hmm. uh, and condenses them down into a 15 to 20 minute video. Um, he does a way better job than I did. Uh, probably takes him way less time than it did me to do. Uh, and then uh, I, I enjoy using them so much that I've actually started using them outside of those three videos per week from the live streams. And I've been using them for like vlogs and, and other videos as well. Uh, it has been a huge, uh, I, it's the only employee I have as an editor. I still do everything else myself in terms of, uh, uh, well, let me rephrase. He creates the videos. He also makes my thumbnails. Uh, so then that leaves me to focus on posting them. Uh, trying different ways of posting them, kind of dealing more with with trying to figure out how to market them after they're made, uh, which is what I enjoy more anyways. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's worked out really well for me. 
Um, so if, if there's ever any way I can help with you coming up with that framework or thought process or, or, uh, or, or anything like that, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm happy to do so. Um, you know, right on, I'm, I'm sure I can be a help in some way with that because, uh, it is, it is taking me, it took me a couple <laughs> editors of going through them to find one that finally worked. Uh, mm. so I, I think I can uh, provide a good way of getting started with that, uh, which actually I take no credit myself because, uh, there's a gentleman, I don't know if you know who Reezy resells is. Yep. He's actually the one that, that showed me how to find a good editor. Uh, yeah. He uses an editor as well. Uh, so he's the one that taught me how to outsource that, find a good one, where to find a good one. Cause mm -hmm. I kept trying to use sites like Fiverr or like this or that. And I just kept running into issues with either the quality falling off or time, like their timing just yeah. falling off and all kinds of things. So he really came through and helped me out big time with that. So shout out to him. If you're interested at all in buying and reselling stuff, Reezy's your man. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's great at that. All right. So with that said, Mr. Metal for breakfast, uh, there is one last thing I wanted to talk to you about on this podcast before we let you go. Uh, we talked about content creation. Hopefully we provided uh, the people out there with some info, if they're struggling with some of the same stuff, maybe some ideas of how to combat it and stuff. I gave a little bit of a background on metal. I would highly suggest, and we always at the end of the podcast, uh, give you, give people a chance to, uh, throw out their links and stuff. That way people can find you from the podcast. Uh, and I would highly suggest to do so because like I said, I've tuned in. I'm, I'm like the guy in the background. Uh, I don't think I've ever chatted in your chat. You probably have no idea how many times I've, I've been in your uh, Twitch stream. I don't typically chat in streams. Say hi, man. Well, the problem is everybody always says that. And I'll tell you the reason why mm -hmm. I'm 36. I'm an older guy. So I am the quintessential. I am the guy that has streamers on in my living room on the TV. So there's no <laughs> chat. I'm not on my computer gotcha. watching. I got it like thrown up in the background on my TV in the living room while mm -hmm. I'm like sitting there talking to the wife or, you know, playing with the kids or, or me and the wife do do some reselling. That's part mm -hmm. of how we support ourselves so I can do content full time and stuff. Um, so we, you know, that hence Reezy resells. <laughs> but anyway, so I a lot of times have it in the background for that. So that's why I don't chat a lot. Uh, but anyways, my point being, he's super funny, super hilarious. He mainly plays Rust. Uh, I don't know if you play anything else at all. I've only seen you play Rust. Uh, <laughs> I've played it's a few hilarious. things every now and then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whenever I see him, he's always playing Rust, which I enjoy. I've played Rust. Uh, I like games like that because you never know what the hell you're going to run into. Oh, you crazy. never know what the hell is going to happen. It's so ruthless. <laughs> it is. That's why I, like, personally, I've fallen in love with uh, – grand theft auto rp i don't know if you've ever done rp servers no nah. it's it's very do you know what i'm talking about or no? is it like the role role playing yeah yeah, yeah role playing yep yeah so it's not anything like normal gta it's very yeah. much you're interacting back and forth with real people all the time mm -hmm. the police officers in the game are real the <laughs> robbers in the game are real the, the auto mechanics are real mm -hmm. people uh, and and you're interacting with all those people, and it oh makes it for some funny. I mean, I can I can, I can I can attest to that though. I prior when you said you first said you were going to get into a role playing server, I was like, what? Like, nah, don't do that. And then and then now I just every single time you're playing GTA, I'm on there listening. 
some of the people you come across in that game, dude, like they play some <laughs> wild characters, man. What was that? Oh, I don't great. forget the guy's name, but you had that one hillbilly guy, dude, that always that would get in there. And he's just like, I mean, the guy is just I mean, it sounds it literally sounds like like he's like snorted a bunch of crack. Like that's what the guy sounds like. And he's and he's playing his character, you know, and that's his character in the world is like just some crazy lunatic. And that's who this guy and it's a real person in real life. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, who is this guy? It's pretty oh, it's, cool. Yeah, it's it's the best. It's so much fucking fun. I love um, that. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, if you enjoy Rust, if you enjoy, you know, comedy in streams, somebody that is comedic in nature, I would highly recommend checking out Meadows stream, which, again, we'll throw some links. I'm pretty sure it's just twitch.tv slash metal for breakfast. Um, I think so. Sometimes they make me spell it weird. Let me let me double check. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so while you're, oh, while yeah. you're while you're doing that, where did you get metal for breakfast from? What's the oh yeah? Is, is there a backstory that. to that? Uh, so okay, metal for breakfast just came up completely out of nowhere, randomly in my head. Um, but it's basically like okay, I love metal music, right? I play metal guitar. Like something that people might not know about me is like metal music and metal guitar is like flows through my veins. Like it's yeah. core part of who I am. Um, my nine to five used to be um, machining work. So I'd make like these metal parts on like a big machine, right. All day. So I, I worked with metal all day and then kind of just, I've always had like, I don't know, trying to, trying to develop like this metal mindset of like, wake up and just kind of like, seize the day type of thing yep. so cool just those Very cool. three things kind of just conglomerated into one name <laughs> cool i like it no i just was curious i just didn't know where you yeah you got the name from That's yeah cool. yeah i did i did know that you play metal guitar i've actually seen some of your uh riffs and stuff on tiktok you have posted some things on tiktok as well uh uh i think maybe in one of your vlogs one time you posted you playing or something probably yeah uh, i don't remember <laughs> exactly but i have seen it a couple times uh, mm -hmm. but the last thing i want to talk about and then uh, again we'll get make sure we get your link out uh, for for everything was it metal for breakfast did you check or no it's uh yeah it's metal for breakfast but there's underscores between the metal and the foreign breakfast so it's metal underscore for underscore the number breakfast. or spelled out um uh, oh, spelled out, spelled out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. All right. And we'll get the rest of your social links here. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll drop them at the end. But, but like I said, the, the reason I was saying all of that is because I do want to transition from the content creation side of things to something else that I've been interested in personally. Uh, I know Codations has been interested in it a little bit, uh, but more, I think, from a gaming side because there yeah. has been some gaming projects coming out. Uh, I mentioned to you, I think before the start of the podcast, we did have a gentleman on the podcast, uh, for those that listen and might remember, called uh, The T-H-E-E -E, Hustle House, um, but the NFT space, non-fungible tokens. I heard somebody call them nifties. I hear lots of people hate that term. I love it. I think that's the best, <laughs> nifties. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about nifties because I know you're, it seems like you've become pretty uh, engulfed in the space, uh, pretty, mm. uh, you know, I, I, I've, I see you posting about NFT stuff all the fucking time now, uh, <laughs> on Twitter. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming you, you've kind of dove headfirst into that space, uh, and just kind of, uh, you know, and I will say admittedly mining codations, at least mine codations might think he's a God and knows everything about NFTs, but my, <laughs> uh, knowledge is pretty Definitely limited. Not. I'm learning, I'm trying to learn the best I can, 
the the truth is, I mean, the internet is just starting to move at such a pace that it is impossible to keep up with everything nowadays. At least that's how I feel. Maybe I'm just getting old and like, I'm like the old people back in the days when you're a kid, like, Oh, it's this, it's so simple to explain. This is exactly what it is. I don't like, I'm pretty, like I've kept up with a lot of stuff. I was early into cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, all of that stuff, but there has become so many spinoff projects in the cryptocurrency space that I, I just feel like unless you are a kid and have, unlimited time all day long because you don't have shit to do uh like it's impossible to keep up with it all so i am learning so if some of my questions are super basic i do apologize uh you know i'm not trying to use you as a google or wikipedia uh, but you're fine you know, my, just, my, just my, my knowledge is, is you know I, I know some things but like i'm also not like an expert in in it either you know i'm, I'm still learning things every okay. day about the whole space so yeah, I was uh, I was surprised at how knowledgeable and I shouldn't say I was surprised because that sounds like I, you know, because we brought the guest on because he was knowledgeable. But I was not I was surprised how knowledgeable the hustle house was. He really did explain a lot to us. I feel like wouldn't you? Agree oh, yeah. Today? Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's yeah, he, that he explained everything that I know. I mean, that's that was literally it. And then I I followed him on, you know, his social media links after the podcast. And and I've been looking at his stuff here and there. But you know me, man, my stuff is I don't I don't know nowhere near. You know, I mean, the amount of, of NFT stuff is a lot of people. So I'm eager to hear whatever Jason can provide with NFTs or how he got in or whatever your questions are. I'm, I'm game. Yeah. So I guess to start things off, I, my first question would be have outside of NFTs, how long have you been in cryptocurrencies? Have you been in cryptocurrencies at all, Jason? Um, have you found cryptocurrencies are intriguing or excuse me, I had to burp or uh, was NFTs, Nifties, your foray into the cryptocurrency space? Yeah, so I found crypto, I think, probably, it was probably like 2016 or 2017. Um, and I was buying a lot of it. <laughs> I, I would have been set now if I had just, you know, hands off and uh, left it alone. <laughs> but yeah, I found I found crypto a few years ago, um, and like like I guess I kind of um, I don't know in my head like NFTs and crypto are kind of like in the same kind of realm for me, you know? Because at the end of the day, like an NFT is basically just like I mean it depends what you're buying, but it's it's basically like there's a a, a supply. And like once you can buy, right. And the less supply there is of that NFT, the higher the price is going to go. And it's kind of the same thing with crypto, right? It's like the less crypto there is available in the markets, the higher the price is going to go. Except that the utility is just different for like what they're basically used for. Right. Okay. Right. So go ahead. Do you were going to say something quotations? No, no, no. I was okay. just acknowledging. So, so then I guess my question is, and then this is a question I asked the hustle house that I didn't get a very good answer from him. I didn't feel like, but so I get that concept, you know, I get the concept of scarcity. Scarcity mm -hmm. is a value proposition. It brings value to something. Part of the reason Bitcoin itself is worth money is because there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins minted and that's it forever. Mm -hmm. There will never be another Bitcoin. 
actually there's not even 21 million going to be because there's already been millions that have been lost. So realistically, when it's all said and done, uh, there might only be about 15 to 16 million Bitcoins is the estimate estimation uh, mm-hmm. that'll ever exist. Uh, so I do think that that's part of, of what can bring something value. And so from my understanding of an NFT is that basically it is the same thing as a cryptocurrency in an essence. It is the same thing as a Bitcoin in that it is a piece of information on a ledger that says somebody owns this. So mm-hmm. in the blockchain of Bitcoin, that ledger reads, Derek Salyers owns this many bit, like this Bitcoin and this Bitcoin and this Bitcoin. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in the ledger of owning those. Mm-hmm. In the NFT space, it's a ledger of Metal for Breakfast owns this. What, what did you say? Uh, this cool cat, which mm-hmm. I think is a project you were talking about at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So he owns this cool cat. Mm-hmm. Somebody else might take that picture of that cool cat and post it on their social media. They might take a picture of that cool cat and post it on their merchandise. But unlike traditional media before, or or I should say pre NFTs, if metal for breakfast saw somebody use his picture of a cool cat, he drew, and I, he didn't draw this cool cat, but in an example, (laughs) somebody put it on a t-shirt, made a profit. He took him to court. He'd have to prove that he's the one that created this drawing that it's in his house that his friend saw and stole. Mm -hmm. In the NFT space, there's record of that. So you now have record of ownership is really all that an NFT is, correct? From my understanding, is just it's literally just the record of who owns that thing. Exactly. And I think I think um I think there's so much like um I don't know. I, there's kind of a lot of questions around it. And I, I think that the reason why it seems so foreign and so weird is because like our culture is starting to accept digital items as valuable, right? There was a time when like they made a, a dollar bill and it was like, what's this piece of paper? This is no metal coin. This is this, you know, like this doesn't have any weight to it. This isn't valuable, but over time, like when people- Well, and they actually had to back it up with gold. Mm-hmm originally right. it's no longer backed by gold but but mm. originally they had to back that currency by gold because mm-hmm. that's what people gave value to just to right throw that in there but, but right yes. right yeah so i kind of feel like we're kind of in that zone now where it's like people are slowly like kind of kind of accepting together like hey yeah if you'll value this i'll value it right and i think when when uh like there's still so many people who are outside of that outside of that bubble right there's still so many people who are like like you said like i'm not buying that i'm buying gold right yeah but like the thing that like maybe they don't understand this because they haven't gotten into it is that like say you buy bitcoin or ethereum right what they don't understand is that it may be digital right but the the digital aspect of it is basically like the backing right it's it's basically like um, it, it's proof that you own this thing, and what's more is that like I I, I just love this thought of like you could have a hundred Ethereum in your wallet or Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency, and not even a full army could come and take your cryptocurrency. Like they would have to get you to give them your 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 past seed or your your seed your seed phrase to get into your wallet 
they couldn't do anything to to get into it no matter what they did unless you spilled <laughs> yeah so I, was, it's, I guess it would depend on uh because we say i also agree that that's a great thing but the downside of that is <laughs> You might get tortured if you have enough. <laughs> they want yeah. that seed. That's the that's the thing. That's the but thing. But no, I agree. It's a it's a really it's a really really cool concept that that you're right. There is no. It's not like with a bank account where they can go and freeze your assets. Mm -hmm. There is no freeze in your Bitcoin. They literally mm -hmm. could not stop you from doing any transactions with your mm -hmm. cryptocurrency unless they were to actually get into your account. And it can't be you know at least so far there's no way to hack the Bitcoin network. And which also means there's no way to hack an NFT network currently, mm -hmm. um, you know, be, because of the, the way that that they're designed crypto, crypt, cryptographically uh, mm -hmm. designed. There's just not enough power. It would cost too much real world resources to get enough equipment to break the encryption on these networks, which is which is really cool in and of itself. But I guess my my question in, in bringing all that up was more to ask circling back around to, to the beginning thought was, so you say like, oh, okay, scarcity, you know, it makes it valuable. So there's only a limited amount of these bored ape yacht clubs. There's only a limited amount of these cool cats. There's only a limited amount of these uh, garbage. I forget. I forget the name. Garbage of all pale the kids, isn't it? Or yeah, garbage. they did do a garbage pale kids <laughs> one. They did a street fighter drop, uh, you know here's now and here's what i ask where does that scarcity like i think at some point though like there's this bubble and we see bubbles and everything that's mm -hmm. gonna pop in the nft space and i i don't think it's just a scarcity thing but i think it's also what what i find interesting and you're already seeing this in the world of, of what was the big project uh was it tops that does the baseball cards that the hustle house was talking to us about codation yep yeah, was that tops? Uh, yeah, it was either baseball or basketball. I can't remember. I think it was baseball cards. Do you know? You know what the big one is, or is it Top Shot, or what was it? Do you know what those are, metal? Like top the shot. big. Yeah, is is it Top yeah. Shot? Is that what yeah. it is? Okay, so not is that the same as Tops? Are they Tops, or is Top Shot a different? I have no idea. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure either. I just remember them talking about it about it to us. But what I, you're starting to see in that space is, I think mm -hmm. like their last launch they just did. For the first time, and I could be getting this wrong, so people fact check me, uh, but I believe they this was the first drop they did where they didn't sell out of card packs. Hmm. Uh, and so I see that in the NFT space as well. And I think other people are starting to see it because what you're starting to see some of these creators do is add some kind of utility to their NFT, hmm. whether that is special access to a special community discord that only people that own that nft can join or whether that's i've even seen some uh like where it's it's interesting to see these communities form because again the one i've seen the most of is the board ape yacht club but you even see the members of them including some very high profile musicians and stuff in the world that now own one of these apes uh but they almost like they're exchanging services for free with each other just because they all they're all part of this little club of the mm. of, of owning this NFT. Uh, so my question is, how much do you think scarcity will still like like, do, I mean, do you actually because the way you said it and I don't think you meant it this way, but the way mm. you said it was almost like, oh, yeah, if it's scarce, it's going to be worth more money in the mm. future. Um, how much of that do you think rings true versus what do you think as the NFT space grows? Will that have to change to more of a utility 
or just like in the real world, I don't want to say a competition, but honestly, I mean, that's kind of what it is. Like the best art wins. Like, you know what I'm trying to ask there or what? Yeah. I'm just like curious I- to see your thoughts around that. Like, like, cause right now it just seems like every project that comes out does fucking fantastic and blows up mm-hmm. and everybody in the NFT space is making money. And mm-hmm. I wish I would have got in sooner, but right. now looking at it, I'm like, eh, my pop is now a good time to get into it. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely feel, um, that we are like like we are in that phase where okay the the extent of the nft is this art piece that's all you get that's all there ever will be and like it pops people make money and it's like i I think we definitely in that space where that cycle is gonna go but it's definitely like it's going to come to an end to where it now needs to be focused like you said like the utility like that's that's why like the 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 project that's like true to my heart is CyberKongs because like very little people know this which is I'm trying we're trying to like um well the CyberKongs was actually the original board apes and board apes basically played off of like CyberKongs like CyberKongs was like one of the first few projects to do that generative art with different assets and rarities that that were all released and form this community um okay i did not know that yeah yeah like there that even you can even see like <laughs> it drove me crazy even in even in their um their dog project that they dropped like they have the banana hat like they took a lot of the assets that were like created through cyber Kongs and basically just took them and but cyber Kongs, what they're doing is they are heavily heavily focused on the utility where um, now owning, if you own a, a cyber Kong, right. A Genesis cyber Kong, which is like the original OG, like only a thousand of them, that NFT is actually earning you income because the cyber Kongs have their own utility token called banana, which you can, you can trade, you can use it to buy things. You can exchange it for Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever you want. Okay. Um, so owning this NFT is generating you income just by owning it. Um, and we're expanding into the, the 3D metaverse where now um, we're basically going to be creating this entire ecosystem around this community, around this particular NFT with its own currency, where now you can use this currency to buy different items in the, meta, in the banana shop, which then you own which then you can, you can sell those to other players wanting to own those items, right? Um, it kind of, I think that route of like really gamifying it and creating these uh, just, just mini ecosystems with, with their own little quirks and things is, what's, is really what the future is going to be. Like I, I think the NFTs are really going to fall in line with like the play to earn thing. Like, I think, I think if I were to predict, I'd say you're going to have like your art niche where you have like these million dollar like NFTs, like, like, I, like the code to the invention of the internet was just sold for like $6 million or something. You're going to have like these, these incredible sports moments that are going to be valuable. But I do think that this kind of like generative phase where it's just art and that's it is going to kind of die off and it's going to become more and more about like, like gaming and like 
really like you could run your own business through these like digital nft games right because now yeah. there's actual value being introduced where now you can get actual value out so people are going to have real businesses that are just digital right same as like the cryptocurrency it took a while to kind of accept that this digital like transaction was worth something but it's going to kind of introduce that into nfts too i feel like yeah, and I think that's something both Codations and I personally are more interested in. That's, you know, you were talking about like, oh, you know, I, people are starting to see that there's value in these digital items. And that's probably why, you know, the three of us, I think we're all pretty like uh, unanimous that, yeah, there's value in digital items. And that probably comes from the game and space because I remember even way back in the days, you know, when I was a, a uh, teenager, young man playing World of Warcraft, there was people that I knew that literally made a living farming for items in that game and selling them on the secondary market. That mm -hmm. wasn't a legal thing to do in the game back then. It could actually get your accounts banned and stuff, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. there was people doing it. They would farm for gold and sell it on the secondary markets. They would farm items and sell them on the secondary market. Uh, so for me, that's always existed. There's always been people in video games that want a certain item that mm -hmm. don't have Maybe they're, you know, the time business or owners. Yeah, yeah. That they just don't have the time to grind for that stuff. So they're willing to pay for someone else to grind, but they want that status symbol, just like in real life, mm -hmm. uh, that they have this epic mount or this epic armor set or whatever uh, mm -hmm. that it may be. Uh, so for me, that 100% makes sense. Um, so well, my question would be, and maybe Codations, because I know, I know this, excuse me, I'm burping like crazy all of a sudden, guys. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, but I guess codations, do you have anything to input on what he was just saying? Cause I know we've talked about the metaverse. We've done a podcast on the metaverse. Uh, I know that starts getting my juices flowing. So before I <laughs> run away, uh, codations, you, you got know, any input? The only thing I was going to say was, is I was just going to state what I'm most excited about with this stuff. I mean, like for me being a gamer, you know what I mean? Like, I think I want to say it was like CSGO. I don't know if like CSGO was one of the very first ones or what it was, but, um, you know, what I'm interested in is I, I'm interested in for the gaming world and maybe it's not NFTs, maybe it's what comes after NFTs or maybe what's what NFTs or, you know, whatever they morph into. But I'm interested in playing games where the items that I am spending the time grinding, you know what I mean? The, the sets that I'm, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether it's weapons and gear and armor, you know, whatever it is that I'm grinding or mounts or whatever, I'm excited for that to have value you know what i mean you know what i mean there is no more of like a okay it just exists in the game you mean you know and it is what it is you mean like i'm excited for that metaverse and that what's the guy's name from shark tank what's the guy's name what's his, is it cuban mark cuban, uh, mark cuban. Mark cuban. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know you know he's getting into the whole thing you know and his whole thing right now is he's trying to build a trophy room you know for these nifties or these nfts or you know or this 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 basically digital universe this this ecosystem but it would be like you know a realm where it's just a place, you know, to show off your NFTs, you know what I mean? You know, the stuff that you own, you know, what I mean? your own personal gallery type of thing. And I think like, I can't wait to get to that point. Cause I don't know who doesn't like to, you know what I mean? To boast about that stuff. You know, it's like, Oh, I've got 3000 hours invested in this game. You know what I mean? It's like, here's all my cool stuff. You know what I mean? You know, to show that I've done that, you know what I mean? And that part to me is what's really, really cool, but I I'm excited to mix it with making money. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think that part's going to be awesome. Like you said, World of Warcraft, Derek, like, like if I could, if, if it'd be sweet, if I could spend all of my free time that I want to, right. Grinding out this, these items or these rare items in game or Diablo, whatever you're going to play. And I can then say, ah, I don't really want this sword anymore. Right. But you know, I can then post it on a market somewhere where somebody's somebody, like you said, is willing to be like, Oh man, I don't have all this time to grind for the sword, but I really want this sword, you know, boom, drops money, you know, real money or, or crypto or whatever it is at the time that I can then, you know, use, use for something else for something that I worked for. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the part that I'm really excited about. That's all I want. Yeah. To add. And, and yeah. And for me, I guess I'll add on to that before I, I ask metal, my question I was going to ask, which is, is that kind of what, like you're saying with the metaverses of cyber Kongs, is that kind of what we're leading to is, is like, but, but yeah, I would, I would agree with, with you quotations. What I like, I don't have a lot of interest in just owning an item that I can show. I own the NFT for it personally. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, like if metal was like, Oh, here's my, here's my, uh, you know, address for my blockchain. Here's all the items I own. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. What I'm more excited for is kind of like what you're saying, where it's like, not only can I earn these items, but then a step further, I want to be able to take those items with me. So I'm looking for that base layer that gets built in the NFT space, where I don't know if 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 it is that like how Bitcoin has kind of become the first layer of cryptocurrencies, and then you have cryptocurrency like Ether's value, like people might say Ethereum is more valuable than Bitcoin. They, you know, there's people that argue that whatever the fact is without Bitcoin first existing, Ethereum never would have existed. So Bitcoin kind of has, has made this place of, you know, it's the base value of, of the cryptocurrency space and everything's being built on top of it. You had Ethereum, then on top of Ethereum, you have like NFTs. So it's like these layers, my hope or my dream is to see NFTs turn into this base layer of code that then plugs into all video games. Like it becomes basically the code of a metaverse world that all games plug into that somehow has some kind of open standard that then I could go from this one game to another game. And as long as they both use maybe the same weapons, like let's say this game uses swords and this game allows you to use a sword. I want to be able to use my sword in either game if I want to, or if I get a sword in this game, go back to this game and use this sword in this game. Like I want to be able to actually use my items across video games not sounds just the, sounds play a lot, them sounds a lot like sword art online it really does like when it we does, talk about it this but... way it's really weird because you you know you look at it like an anime and then you're thinking like yeah that's not gonna we're not that close but then when you when, then when you take a step back and you kind of put it into the world of these ecosystems or these digital you know like metaverses yeah i mean that's kind of what it is you know you want to be able to to jump from this game to this game and you want to be able to bring this awesome sword or this helmet or this whatever that gives you this crazy ability or it looks cool or whatever you know you want to be able to bring it with you and, and show it off yeah i yeah yeah and obviously i mean some games probably can't allow certain things because of you know fairness or whatever and that's that's cool but even yeah just general hangout areas you know now that we have vr and ar coming out and things like that just general lobbies where you can kind of be in them and dress up your avatar and any of these items that you've gotten from different games. So just, yeah, all of that stuff. So going back to you then metal. So explaining, he kind of explained his thoughts, my thoughts, 
So, I mean, do you think this is something that you're that you're going to see? I mean, I feel like it has to be something that these NFT guys eventually do. I mean, I feel like for them, after the whole art fad fades off, and again, I think there will always be there will always be top shot cards or moments that will be worth money, just like there are some actual real-life basketball or baseball cards that are worth money. There will be some artwork that will always be worth money. Just like in real life, there's some artwork that's always worth money. Uh, but after this kind of fad of just everything that's created makes money, compounds in, in money, sells for way more money, and everybody's happy making money, uh, wears off, I feel like the, the number one place that they're going to be able to use this tech to actually generate income is going to be in the game and space. And so that really intrigued me. All of this came from because it really intrigued me when you said that cyber Kongs were kind of, of focusing on this utility of not only like if you own the OG uh, thing, but you get these banana tokens that you earn. So I'm assuming you earn them passively. So what you get a banana every so often because you own one of these Kongs or how does that like how, what pays to give the bananas value. Hmm. Yeah, so for every Genesis Kong, which is number one through a thousand, they generate uh, 10 banana per day. Um, and the banana is only created by the Genesis Kong. So every day there is, let's see, there's 10,000 10, Genesis Kongs. 10, so every day there's 10,000 bananas being created but there's bananas also being um, introduced that are being burned by changing the name, changing the bio or breeding. So if you have two Genesis Kongs and you breed a baby Kong that costs 600 bananas, which are then taken out of the ecosystem and burned, you've created another, another, another NFT asset, a cyber Kong baby um, and use those bananas, but those bananas are no longer there anymore. Right. So, yeah. And so just to make sure I understand in this, uh, just having you walk me through this very slowly. Mm -hmm. So, so the way then is, is so let's say people that don't own a Genesis Kong, but they own maybe two other Kongs mm -hmm. and they want to produce a baby Kong, mm -hmm. they would need to then buy bananas Yeah. to do. So, so essentially the bananas are this currency to allow you to do things in, as you were saying, this game mm -hmm. of cyber Kongs. Mm -hmm. But you also have a trait feature, attribute feature. Mm -hmm. So you so you might you might want to create a bunch of Kongs, baby Kongs, mm -hmm. to get one that you actually so there's a gaming aspect to it. Yeah. So kind of yeah. like a gotcha system in the game. You don't know what you're gonna get out of the loot box. Mm -hmm. So you it kind of also incentivizes people to keep buying bananas to keep trying to get exactly what they want out of one of their Kongs? Does that, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's kind of like the, the idea for the baby Kongs was to really build the community because the, the Cyber Kong Genesis Kongs themselves are pretty pricey at the moment now because there's only a thousand of them, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to get more people into the community, like we needed a way to like have a cheaper alternative where someone could get a baby Kong and set it as their profile picture so that was like the very that like the that's just the very first step into this whole thing, because um, we're we're now about to launch CyberCon VX, which is the 3D voxel versions. Which I don't know if you've heard of like the sandbox, or like Decentraland that type of thing. 
I've heard of Decentraland. I've not mm-hmm. heard of V or the Sandbox or whatever. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of explain what those are. Yeah, it's kind of it's like the whole metaverse idea where it's gonna be you know like actual 3D avatars like moving around like in in the world, but the the catch that the catch is that like there's value in this world, right? There'll be businesses in this world. There'll be like actual real world money like moving throughout this world where now like it can pay you to be part of this world versus just playing as a game right and the sandbox and decentraland are those companies that are producing these worlds are they the same company are they different companies um so decentraland i don't know a lot about um sand sandbox is basically sandbox is basically like um kind of a a picture like minecraft picture like okay tons and tons of players in this one world mixed with minecraft where they're actually going to be able to build the world and like build the entire world themselves up right Mm -hmm. so it's all going to be very like uh community driven so like with the cyber kongs like we're, we're going to build Kong's Island, right? And it's all going to be Cyber Kong themed where people can come and like walk through Cyber Kong Island and like go to the banana shop and, and buy, buy, thing, buy assets at the banana shop using banana, right? Like see like the Cyber Kong avatars moving through it, right? So that's the, the I, that's where I feel like we're really in like the, the kind of stage in NFTs where like we haven't really gone over the ledge yet where it's like now it's like really wide. We're kind of just at that point where it's like you can collect items and there, you can't really, you, you can sell them and that's basically it. But right. with, with the whole metaverse coming up, it's going to be like vast 3D worlds with tons and tons of like different opportunities inside of them that then all those items can play their part within that whole world. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, and again, I'm just trying to wrap my head around all of that. So Sandbox, they're not owned by CyberKongs? No, they? no, no. So these are, this is somebody that is creating this platform that then mm-hmm. will allow any NFT provider. So it is basically somebody trying to write that base layer code Yep. Uh, for then all NFTs to plug into so mm-hmm. that you could be in one world, but see Cyber Kongs and Bored Ape Yacht Club both running around in this same world or whatever other NFT, as long as the NFT holders create avatars out of mm-hmm. their NFTs mm-hmm. uh, that, that plug in with this system, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And okay. There, there's, there's like a lot of like, big players who like have land they're already like i i know atari has like big chunk of land like uh and is that like, a sandbox or decentraland again sand sandbox i haven't looked into sandbox. decentraland too much okay. just because sa- sandbox just visually i think looks a lot better um okay. but you can go to the website and like look at like the, the land plots and see who owns which land and like that's another aspect that comes into it is like land ownership like digital land ownership is like an entirely new like ecosystem because now all of a sudden you could be able to rent out your digital land for someone to run their business on right you could buy this land in the hopes that the price is going to go up because let's say 
I don't know, down the line, like Walmart just opened up like a store next to it. And you think that the value is going to go up or down or whatnot, or an Apple store opened up and you think the value is going to go up or down. That type of thing is, is going to be at play a lot. I think it's going to get like very, very in-depth, but like really fun because there's so many avenues you can go with it. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely sounds interesting. Sandbox and Decentraland. I uh, had never heard of either of those two. Uh, again, I had heard of Decentraland, but I guess I didn't realize that's what it was, was the creation of that metaverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, that's that's the part that excites me. Uh, and I think that would then be where I would start getting more interested in owning some of the digital assets. Not that I'm not interested. Uh, it's just, um, I just have a, I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I just have not been able to pull the trigger on actually buying any NFT yet because I'm just like, man, I do not want to drop an ether mm-hmm. Especially when, because see, I'm a big believer in cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer that ETH Ethereum still has like 20, what's that right now? 2100, 2200. Mm -hmm. I know it's been fluctuating crypto here a little bit lately, but like, I'm not like against like Ethereum hitting 10,000, 20,000 per ether. Uh, So I have a hard time letting go of any of my cryptocurrencies to be completely honest <laughs> um so so because so, i'm like you know oh, i buy this kong and even though it might go up to being worth two or three ether you know as the price of ether goes up you know I, is disproportionately the the price of nfts just automatically going to follow that mm. or would i make more money by holding the just the straight ether and it doubling tripling quadrupling in price over the next two three years Uh, and i guess i have a hard time with that because like yourself i got in early so much so that at one point i owned about 500 bitcoin i was in super early yeah and and what i did was very similar to what people in the nft space are doing is Mm. i invested into the ecosystem of crypto more Mm-hmm. I invested into mining rigs and I invested into, but I did that with my Bitcoin that mm-hmm. was going up in price. Well, then what happened was I bought all this mining equipment and stuff, but then the price of Bitcoin shot up. Mm-hmm. And because the price of Bitcoin shot up, the difficulty of the network shot up, which made my mining equipment basically obsolete, uh, which, which then in turn, you know, it hurt me. You know what I mean? Like I just, if I would have just held the Bitcoin, you know, I'd be retired and definitely making whatever <laughs> the fuck content I want every single day. Right. Uh, whereas with the method I took, you know, I mean, I still have, you know, crypto left, but now I'm kind of at the same space. Like I remember what happened last time I gave up some of my crypto and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I'm like, I don't want to make that same mistake. Uh, right. So that's, that's, I think the problem I've had with NFTs. I wish there was a way to, to just, earn some nfts i know people do free drops sometimes and stuff and i've been trying to follow and watch some of those because i like the idea of collecting nfts i'm just afraid of giving up my cryptocurrencies <laughs> to do so right and like in order for me to afford some of these projects like cyber Kongs that are one or two ether i'd either a have to sell like because most of my wealth are held in two things either a cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. or b 
stock market, like stocks mm -hmm. and stuff, investments that I own. So like, I, and I don't want to sell any of those to buy the NFT. Right. Uh, and I don't have like available cash to go out and, and just drop two, three grand or on some of these projects like board ape clubs. I mean, some of these apes I think are like 10, $15,000 for, for one of those apes. Um, yeah. It's and I definitely, just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like, uh, like the, the, the risky end of the spectrum, right? It's yeah. like it, uh, my, my, my kind of goal for it, right. Is like, like, I definitely recognize how, okay. If I would have just held what I've, what I've collected over the years, I'd be so set. Like the 32 Bitcoin I had like two years ago, I'd be so set. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I think my, my actual plan is to kind of like use the NFT opportunity to filter some crypto out of it and then lock that up. Right. Cause it's like, I can't afford, I can't afford 50, a hundred Ethereum right now, but I feel like if I could find the right opportunities at the forefront in the NFT space and kind of filter that, then I could build up a pile of like 50, a hundred Ethereum and then just lock that away. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah kind of yeah. use it as like a method to attain what is kind of unattainable right now with the higher risk. Right. That makes sense. That makes mm -hmm. sense. So, but that tells me I should just hang on to my cryptocurrencies <laughs> because the people in the NFT space are trying to earn more cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely a safe option. Like I, I think, I, I really think that Ethereum is going to be like, that base layer like you're talking about for like everything like everything you think, just you, you think it's going to outpace bitcoin i think that you think it overtakes bitcoin that's the question it's hard it's really hard to say like i think kind of bitcoin will end up being like you know this the store of value right like the gold and ethereum is going to be the one that's supporting like the cash everything the yeah, right yeah. so and maybe like way down the road like ethereum could like just from the just from the service that it's providing to the entire world could overtake bitcoin but i mean there's there's no way to know like because like it, like look at like social media networks like there was myspace no one ever thought myspace would go away and then it's just wiped out of the planet right so yeah no one really knows what's going to happen right you can just place your best bets on and kind of flow with it as it goes yeah, I heard a, I've always been, you know, a big fan of, of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in it super early. Like I said, I amassed a lot and then made some dumb moves, you know, but you live, you learn, whatever. I'm not salty about it. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm really not. It is what it is. I learned a lot from it. I, I'm mm -hmm. still lucky enough to, to hold a decent bag. Um, but, you know, and I've been a big believer of Ethereum too, as kind of a secondary later. What really got me like more like, oh, Ethereum might just win out. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying it will. I kind of have the same belief as you that Bitcoin will remain the store of value, this digital gold, and then Ethereum will kind of be the layer that the cash flows through, so to say. Mm -hmm. um, but I heard a statistic and I can't remember the numbers and, and I don't even know if this is true. I didn't fact check it, mm -hmm. but it was on, I think a Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, no, no. Lex Friedman podcast. He's been into crypto a lot lately and mm -hmm. he had a guest on, I think it was uh, Vitalik, uh, the, the founder of, of Ethereum. Uh, it was a second podcast with him. I think again, don't quote me on this fact, check it yourself. Never <laughs> listen to anybody on the internet. We're all stupid assholes. Uh, but 
He said something about like Visa did like I'm making up numbers again, but like $82 billion a month in transactions. He said Ethereum did that in one day, does that in one day. And I'm Mm. like, wait, what? Like Ethereum does as much transaction volume in one day as (laughs) Visa does in a whole month. And I was Mm. like, oh shit. Like that was like the light bulb. Like that was the moment I was like, oh my God. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think people under, like, unless you're really, like, even like, I like, as I was saying that, and not to like put Codation's on the spot, but I was watching Codation's face and I don't, (laughs) like, there was no big reaction. So I almost, I don't think many people understand what that means. Mm -hmm. If you're doing the world's money volume in a day of what Visa's doing in the month, like, that's a big fucking deal. Like a big fucking deal. Like think of how much Visa is fucking worth. Like it's just it's it's mind boggling if mm-hmm. you if you kind of understand what that means in terms of just how the system of money works. It's it's mind blowing. But anyway, it's kind of, so- it's kind of interesting because it's like it's like cryptocurrency really like how the internet connected the world. Money didn't really like go with it, but now that cryptocurrency is here now like our money is also connected to the entire world so it's no longer like send a transaction get it approved by your bank wait three to five days for it to go through or what you know what things are so slow but be it built on this like old baseline right like i think mm-hmm. i think i read that like the computer systems we use today for banking were like put in place in the 60s or something and that's why it takes so long right but now yeah, that cryptocurrency is here it's just like full ownership full like authority over like your money where it goes who you send it to like yeah and the nice thing about it is you know some people like freak out like oh i gotta do all this hard stuff and but just as we're starting to see like there will be simplified versions of it you know like you can just buy it on coinbase and keep all of your money on coinbase which Mm -hmm. would basically be the same and and eventually banks will probably offer it you'll be able to go down to your local huntington or bank of america or you know chase bank and have an account that holds cryptocurrency in it, just like you can now with PayPal and your Square app. Uh, that'll probably happen in traditional banking as well. Uh, you'll have a custodian that holds it, uh, but you can also kind of have that vault of your own money, your savings that only you control, only you have. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and you might have other people that have access to the keys and stuff in case you lose it. I mean, that's all your decisions you got to make. Uh, but how secure, how unsecure? chances you want to take whether you fuck something up i mean that's all decisions <laughs> you'll be able to make but the cool thing is that that we'll all individually be able to make that and that's that's what i like is that it gives that choice back um and and i you know just the same like even like if i want to do a transfer to uh you know somebody a bank transfer it, it costs 40 dollars to do a bank transfer from one bank to another i mean crypto mm-hmm. i mean it, you know even when people complain about high fees like, I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do, but I've never paid more than a couple cents mm. to send money to anybody. I think the most yeah. I've ever paid is like a dollar or two in fees to send money. Granted, I don't send much because I keep every motherfucking <laughs> bit of it I get now, yeah. but <laughs> nonetheless. So, uh, but with that said, uh, you know, I think that's all the main question I have for NFTs. I'm just excited to see it. I was just kind of curious as to hear your thoughts in it. I don't want to keep you too long. I want to respect your time. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and joining us for this. Um, we're really enjoying it. Like I said, we're about, 
you know, just a little bit, but we've, I think I told you we're, we've done about 25 episodes now. Uh, mm-hmm. We've just recently started doing it with guests. It was kind of just a show between me and Codations. Uh, and I'm really enjoying uh, doing it with, you know, having people on, having different guests on. It's really fun, makes it really interesting, learning about new things and stuff like that. So we really appreciate you taking the time for it. Before we do close, though, Codations, do you have any final questions for him about uh, NFTs or even content creation that you might, you know, anything we missed, anything at all? No, nothing, nothing so much for the podcast and everything. I mean, personally, you know, just like a lot of other, our other guests, you know, if it's cool with you, I mean, I'll add you on like social medias and different things like that. And, you know, and reach out from time to time. And um, just cause, you know, I mean, I'm interested in it. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a different world than um, Derek. And what's actually kind of funny is, you know, he's quite a bit older than me, you know, but yet, but yet, I'm the, I'm on the opposite end where I haven't invested in anything. You know what I mean? I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I've got cash stored in my, you know, top drawer where my socks go, you know what I mean? Kind of like mindset, you know, um, which isn't doing anything for me. You know what I mean? Sure. It's there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so I I'm interested in getting into that more and obviously just chatting and, you know, you know, BSing with you, you know, at another time, but yeah, nothing really much to add to this. Okay. Uh, well then in wrapping up again, metal, thank you so much. We appreciate it before we do go, please, where can the peoples of the interwebs <laughs> find you? I know you said your Twitch was metal underscore four spelled out F O U R mm-hmm. underscore breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other platforms are you mainly active? You said YouTube, you got 37,000, but you don't even post shit over there. So there ain't <laughs> no reason to follow them on YouTube, <laughs> but no, but for real, what other platforms do you enjoy creating on? What other platforms would you want to have people follow you on? I say um, first and foremost would probably be Twitch. Like definitely trying to grow a a community of people there, like actual interactions, actual, like, you know, get to know people and make friends, you know? So, you know, twitch.tv slash metal underscore four F O R underscore breakfast. And I also go on Twitter a lot. I, I use Twitter probably too much. You can find me on Twitter at, twitter.com slash m-t-l-f-o-r-b-r-k-f-s-t i could not get the full name so that's what i ended up (laughs) i will i will try to remember to link both of these in the are both of the links as well in the um description of the podcast so if you're listening to this uh and and you you know don't feel like going back and forth a hundred times just look down real quick you'll probably see it in the description uh, but again metal thank you so much codations where can the people find you as, well, as always codations.com i've got a website set up you can get all as always media. i think the last you just got to finally set up <laughs> two, dude two <laughs> two podcast episodes out of the 30 we've done um but yeah no so codations.com will take you to everything i mean i've got a, a discord that i run my channel on i got a youtube that's pretty much where i'm at um i've been pretty active on twitter here recently like in the past couple of weeks i've been trying to really build that up i've kind of dropped all the other social media platforms i'm still on them you can still find me there but most of it i don't have anything you know current and some of the stuff is just auto posting from other things so but yeah so codations.com would be the best yep and for me guys as always omg it's derek.com oh my god it's derek.com uh they're all my links to all my socials again i primarily use twitch youtube and twitter uh twitter is the best platform change my mind or don't because it is and you'd be wrong so uh actually it's a cesspool over there and i highly suggest you don't fall down the rabbit hole of twitter if i'm actually being honest instagram's nicer but i don't like instagram i like twitter 
but yeah, thank you guys as always for tuning in. We appreciate it. We love your faces. Make sure to uh, leave a, a like on the podcast. That's not a thing. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We have zero. We want to review. Yeah, on we there. have zero. We have we zero have like reviews. 4, Somebody needs to give fuckers. us. Yeah, some Over of us need to give us a review, man. We have God zero. Metal, go, go give us a review. Yeah, is it illegal for the it? guests to give a review? <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Definitely not. You can you could talk about your awesome experience, how nice our offices are here, you know, when you came to visit. Our refreshments were I really I thought nice. his wall was real. <laughs> exactly. Production quality through the roof. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Exactly. We appreciate it, guys. And until next time, peace out, everybody. Later. <laughs>